The Holy Spirit reveals mysteries. That should not be a mystery. It's who He is. Genesis chapter 41, we have a story of Joseph. God had been talking to him through visions and dreams. Listen, when you start to move in the Holy Ghost, people who don't move in the Holy Ghost, people that are stuck in the realm of their broken soul, and so often good Christians are, they start to get angry. They start to get upset. And all of Joseph's brothers got upset. They took him, threw him in a well, sold him as they were going to kill him, sold him as a slave. He gets taken off to Egypt. They get the blood of an animal, put it on the robe that his father bought him. They went home and said, Daddy, a wild animal got him. Your best attempts to destroy God's plans will only bring them to fulfillment. I want you to say to the devil, come on, everyone talk to your enemy right now and say, your best attempts, Satan, your best attempts will only hasten and bring about the will of God for my life. Now somebody get excited about that. I think that's pretty awesome. I believe that with all my heart. And so Joseph ends up in Pharaoh's court. Now watch this. He, he ends up by a series of events. It's an incredible story. Please read your Bible. Read, 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 read. It is phenomenal. It is life. Read your Bible. Anyway, he ends up in a dungeon, in a prison in Egypt. Remember, we're talking to Egypt. You know, pyramids, 2,000, 3,000 years later, we're still going, wow, how'd they do it? Must have been aliens, all that. Uh, okay, so the greatest empire at that time in human history. God takes a Hebrew dungeon guy into the presence of the Pharaoh, and he becomes his right-hand man. Why? Because Joseph learned how to hear mysteries from the Spirit of God. Pharaoh had a dream. Won't go into it. Joseph comes along. He says, your dream means you're going to have seven years of amazing abundance and prosperity and then seven years of extreme famine. This is prophetic. Old Testament, where the Holy Spirit only rested on some elite people. And then a word of wisdom comes. You see, people want you to believe these gifts aren't for today. How many of you know we need the gift of wisdom right across the board in government? I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. I'm neither. I'm a Holy Ghost-filled believer, first and foremost. I think sometimes, listen, you need to vote. You need to know what's happening in politics. But get off your party wagon and get on the Holy Ghost wagon. You don't like it? Too bad. I said it. It's on the tape. <laughs> Party spirits are divisive. And we judge things from the flesh. We need to get into the spirit and pray over this nation. This nation is going to wreck and ruin. And don't in your head start saying, yeah, the Republicans did this. Oh, yeah, the Democrats. Stop it. You know what the problem is? The church hasn't been the church of Jesus Christ. End of story. And if we are everything we really are in Christ, this nation would be in a different condition. Can I get some agreement here? So Joseph not only prophetically foretells what's going to happen, he gets the gift of wisdom and says, Sir, this is what you need to do. During the years of plenty, you need to build excessive barns, silos, etc., etc., so that when seven years of lean time comes, you will be able to distribute food to your people and your kingdom will stay powerful and secure. Wow. 
You know, we're too busy in the church wondering whether or not the gifts are for today, and some have absolutely closed the door on that chapter and said, oh, no, they're not for today. And then we want to complain that a lot of nonsense happens in the Senate and in the government and all levels of parliament. Where are the Christians full of the Holy Ghost that can rise up and speak prophetically and have credibility and speak with words of wisdom and words of knowledge? As Americans... We look to the White House. God looks to his church, the lighthouse. We got it screwed up, kids. And we got to start to understand that the glory of God is in us. And we got to start moving in the Holy Ghost and not in human logic and reason. So, okay, you had Joseph. Then Daniel comes along. Jerusalem's ransacked. Hebrew boys are taken into Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. The hanging gardens of Babylon. The leading empire at that time. The king has a dream and he can't even remember it. And none of his fortune tellers, none of his psychics, none of his astrologers, none of his magicians, none of his supernatural spirit people could even tell him what his dream was. They said, this is crazy. Tell us the dream. We'll tell you what it means. He said, I don't remember the dream. And if you don't tell me, I'm going to kill all of you. Daniel comes out. He says, I'll tell you your dream. How many of you know that if you don't tell him what his dream was, he's going to know you didn't tell him what his dream was? Even when you forget stuff, when somebody starts to say just a little bit of it, it comes back. Hello? Daniel tells him the dream. You saw this statue made of gold. The head was gold. The shoulders were gold. Then uh, the next part, the chest, and then the, the waist and the legs. And you saw a hand cut a stone out of the heavens. And this little rock hit the feet. And the thing crumbled, and then the rock turned into a mountain that filled the whole world. He said, sir, you are the leading empire of the world, and your kingdom is like gold. But there will be three more kingdoms after yours. He describes those kingdoms, he says, and during the fourth kingdom, which is the feet and the legs, supernaturally God will take a rock out of heaven And a new kingdom, a fifth kingdom will come to which there will be no end. Its increase and its power will have no end, Isaiah 9. Of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. And that kingdom will cover the whole earth. Interesting, the fourth kingdom was the Roman Empire. Jesus enters the scene, the stage of the earth. God makes his entrance And Jesus comes preaching the kingdom of God. In the book of Acts, Acts, uh, I think it's chapter, this is not a word of knowledge, I'm looking at my notes. Acts chapter 11, verse 27 to 30, 30, a prophet named Agabus comes down and uh, he starts prophesying there's going to be a severe famine coming over the Roman world. And so the apostles and disciples, they recognized and appreciated the gifts of the Spirit. And so they started raising money on a regular basis. They would put money aside for when the famine came so that at least those that were in the churches would be looked after and taken care of. Wouldn't it be great if the church got revived back to where she's fallen from? Y'all, we all look forward to revival. I want to tell you, the mere fact that we need revival is a little bit of an insult. Because you don't revive people that are healthy, you revive people that are near dead. And once you put those paddles on a man's chest or a woman's chest and you revive them, the goal is that they'll get taken care of and then they go on living life to the full. We, the church, especially here in America, we got a culture, you know, we're going to have a two-week revival. Yay! And God goes, oh, jeez. They just don't understand, do they, Jesus? 
revival. It's something we need because we've fallen a long way from what the norm is meant to be. And the norm is meant to be everything you saw today and even more. The tsunami that came about seven, eight years ago devastated uh, parts of Japan and uh, uh, Asia, the Asian coastline. Could you imagine if there were men and women who had developed the gifts of God and had credibility and they started prophesying three weeks before that a great tsunami would come? Do you think that would bring glory to God and people would start to wonder about the power of God? The problem is we fill the church with mental, rational thinking as to why this stuff shouldn't happen anymore. But the problem is that it contravenes the very nature of what we understand about Old Testament and New Testament. Paul says, if the Old Testament that could not bring life, it actually brought death, came with glory, so much so that when Moses was in the presence of God, he had to put a veil on his face because the glory of God was so bright, but that glory faded. If the covenant that brought death came with glory, how much more glory should this new covenant bring? But then we got people saying, well, that stuff's not for today. I'm not even going to beg your pardon. I am begging. You're wrong. I mean that nicely. Thank you. One of the reasons this doesn't happen as often in, as it's meant to in the church is because we believe these things aren't for today. So I want to read to you. Jesus said, I must go that he, the Holy Spirit, the Parakletos, the Comforter, the Teacher, the One who will convict, the One who will guide you. I must go because I came to be in a human body to model for you what a father-son relationship is supposed to look like. I came to be the firstborn of many brethren to model to you what the new creation is meant to look like. I must go because I can only exist in a human body here on earth because my purpose was to be the ultimate sacrifice so that you can shed the fact that you were born into the first Adam and now through my blood and what I've done, you get born again into me, the last Adam, and you now will become as I am now in this world. He said, I've got to go because my role and my function was to carry the administrative governmental authority from the Father. Jesus was given power, but that Greek word is exousia, and it means governmental authority. When Jesus said, I give you power to overcome the power of the devil, two words are used there. I give you governmental authority authority, exousia, and the government shall be on his shoulders and he shall be called wonderful counselor, mighty God. God determined that Jesus, the Christ, the son would carry the governmental authority of this kingdom that was meant to come during the Roman empire and shatter it. And it's meant to fill the whole earth. Jesus carries the governmental authority. And he says, I give you governmental authority over the power of the enemy. And when he said the power of the enemy, he used another word and it was dunamis, which is supernatural miraculous power. Let me tell you that sickness is a perverted, deviated form of God's dunamis and it will manifest illness and sickness, but you have governmental authority from Jesus to say to a lesser kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, you're gonna stop with your perverted dunamis I have the authority from heaven to tell you to go back to hell and you have no right to touch me or my kids or my family or my church in Jesus name 
The reason why we pray in Jesus' name is because he has the governmental authority. It's the major period at the end of the sentence, in Jesus' name. Thank you. You mean I didn't have to say it myself that time? John chapter 14, verse 16 to 17. Jesus says, I got to go as the one person, as the Christ. I've come to model that what a new creation, what a son of God is meant to look like. That's why he said, what I've done, you'll do also. He came to model what the new creation looks like. He came to model the relationship between father and son. He says, I have to go. He, the Holy Ghost, must come. John 14, 16 to 17, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. I want you to notice two words, advocate and spirit of truth. We're going to look at these two words in a moment. Um, <clears throat> Thank you. The Holy Spirit is an advocate, and he is the spirit of truth. The word advocate in the Greek is parakletos, and it means an advocate, an intercessor. I want you to take note of that. The Holy Spirit is an intercessor. An intercessor is somebody who prays and prays deeply. They pray until they push through. All prayer should be intercession. You should pray till you push through. But he is an advocate. He is an intercessor. He is a consoler. He is a comforter. He is a helper. That's what parakletos means. Now, if we go, that's from the Strong's uh, Exhaustive Concordance. It takes every Hebrew word, every Greek word, and it brings you back to the original word in the manuscripts and tells you what it means. If you look up help word studies uh, commentary, it says parakletos comes from the Greek in the Strong's 3844, the word para, and it means from close beside. The Holy Spirit's meant to be close beside. And it comes from 2564, Kaleo. I didn't put the last part of that up there, did I? Uh, Paleo. Sorry, Kaleo. Um, and this is what Kaleo says. To make a call. Kaleo, 2564. Oh, there it is. I'm sorry. To make a call. Properly... It is a legal advocate who makes the right judgment call because he is close enough to the situation. So here's the Holy Spirit, the Parakletos. He is an intercessor. He is with us. He's around us. He sees, he hears, he prays, and when he intercedes through us, he makes the right call. How many of you want the Holy Ghost around you and in you? And working through you. Okay? And he, Jesus also calls them the spirit of truth. Now what's interesting, let's look at the word truth. And it comes from um, uh, aletheia, which is truth, but not merely truth as spoken or truth of an idea. It's reality, sincerity, truth in a moral sphere. But it is also divine truth revealed to man. So the Holy Spirit is the advocate who lives around us and he's forever going to make right judgment calls. He's always going to nail it and he will always bring divine truth or divine revelation. Let me see, prophecy. Yeah, that's not for today. Oh, maybe the Holy Spirit changed who he is. Words of knowledge. Yeah, they're not for today. That's right. The Holy Spirit, he doesn't bring divine truth and reveal it to man anymore. The Holy Spirit changed. Uh, let's see if we can find a scripture in the Bible where it says the Holy Spirit changes. You see, they're going to tell you 
that from a passage in, in Corinthians that when that which is perfect is come, that which is known in part will be done away with. And they'll say, perfection came when we canonized all of these writings and said, this is the Holy Bible. That's what Paul's talking about when he says, when perfection comes, prophecy, words of knowledge, laying on of hands for the sick and them getting healed as a result of your faith and your prayer, all of that goes when we get the Bible. In other words, you're all meant to walk around in a stupor and think like idiots because the gift of wisdom is gone. Interesting, Solomon in the Old Testament, a covenant that brought death, had enough of the Holy Ghost to have a gift of wisdom. And all the kingdoms at that time came around to see the marvelous things that Solomon did. But the gift of wisdom's not for today. So don't pray about the lunacy that's happening in government. Because we're meant to live in a stupid world. I don't think so either. The church is meant to operate in gifts of wisdom. The church is meant to operate in words of knowledge. The church, and by the church, I don't mean the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist. I mean you, the body of Jesus Christ. Am I making sense here? Here, let, let me give you another thing. They say, well... When perfection comes, that's when we get the canonicity of Scripture. Now we have this perfect revelation of God. Now we don't need words of knowledge. We don't need prophecy. Hang on a second. They canonized a portion of Scripture where Paul says in 1 Corinthians, I hope that you all eagerly desire to prophesy. If the perfection that Paul was talking about is the gathering and the accumulation of all these scriptures, guess what? I now have a perfect book that's telling me that I should pray that I prophesy. And I now have a perfect book that tells me, and these signs will follow them that believe to lay hands on the sick, and in Jesus' name they shall recover. So this perfect book is actually contradicting what you're saying this book means that perfection is when the Word of God is canonized. We have a contradiction. Houston, we have a problem. Perfection is, and if you keep reading that passage, it says, when we are face to face. When you're in the presence of God face to face, you don't need a prophetic spirit, you don't need a word of knowledge, and you don't need healing because you're in a place of perfection. The gifts of the Spirit are for today. And they're not just for the pastor or the preacher or the evangelist. They're for the grandma who's raising her granddaughter they're for the mother and the father who's raising their kids. It's for the parent who's got a rebellious teenage kid. And the Holy Spirit wants to tell you why they're rebellious and what's going on in their life. How many of you can use, how many of you have ever had a teenage child? Raise your hand. Keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. Now raise the other hand if you ever wished you had a gift of wisdom. Yo. Oh, no, the gifts were only to launch the church. Oh, I get it. God was, is this mega CEO who just wanted to launch this corporation with a lot of pizzazz, but he really didn't give a fig newton about people who were hurting, people who were crippled, or people who needed help. Really? You see, good religious men came up with this stuff. And they are good men, but it doesn't stop it from being doctrines of demons. Jesus said, you need the Holy Ghost because he's going to make accurate calls. He's going to intercede through you, and he is going to intercede through you and nail it. So, let's see what the Word of God says. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. 
Verse 2, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter, they utter, you utter, you speak in tongues. God's not going to turn you into a robot, and all of a sudden, you have no role in this. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Whenever it's a capital S, it's the Holy Spirit. Whenever it's a little s, it's your spirit. Read your Bible. Prove me to be a heretic. Read your Bible. Whenever it's a little s, it's talking about your spirit. Whenever it's a capital S, it's talking about the Holy Spirit. Anyone who speaks in a tongue doesn't speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries. So you're praying in tongues, and mysteries are coming out of your spirit. They're mysteries to your noggin. And you are speaking by the Holy Ghost. Let's look at verse 14 and 15. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit, little s, prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Right now in this church, there is a maybe an equal division of people that would call themselves Democrats and people who would call themselves Republicans. And if I lift the veil and say, have at it, we'd be in deep arguments. There might even be some anger. If nothing else, without calling one side or both sides right or wrong, if nothing else, it just goes to show you that we actually think more from the realm of our soul than we would like to admit. And that's why the church of Jesus Christ needs to become supernatural and spiritual. The White House will never have the answer. I don't care what party's in there. The church of Jesus Christ has the answer. I am not telling you not to vote. You need to know what's going on. You need to know how legislation lines up with the Word of God, and you need to speak. You can't be salt if you don't speak. You can't be light if you don't show up. Amen. I'm not preaching against doing your American due diligence. I'm preaching about where your confidence is, where your hope is. We're, we're hoping the government gets it together, and God's hoping His church will get it together. Hang on a second. Good preaching, Pastor Rob. When I pray in tongues, my head, I don't pray with understanding. My head doesn't know. So this analogy of the governments, the two parties, I need to pray in tongues because the Holy Spirit, who is an intercessor, will make the right judgment call, and he will pray according to the will of God. You see, in the natural, we hear what we want to hear. We hear from our bias. We hear from our preferences. We hear from a perspective that hurt the history of my mama, my father, my, 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 my race, my culture, whatever it might be. And no, I'm not having a shot at black America. I'm talking about white America just as much. We have colored perspective. We make judgments that are not always spiritual. That's why the body of Christ can be so divided. So let's pray in the Holy Ghost so that we will not be divided and we will, even if our brain's not involved, our spirit is involved with the Holy Spirit and He will make right judgment calls and we will pray the will of God. That sounds like a safe deal. Amen. Come on. Give it up to him. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. I want to, I'm going to, I said last week, I'm going to show you how you can move in the spirit. And I'm, I'm working my way there. I'm not lying. I'm going to show you. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. I want you to understand this process. What I'm about to share is really important. Okay. Romans 8, 26, in the same way, the Spirit, capital S, that's the Holy Spirit, He helps us in our weaknesses. We don't know what we ought to pray for. 
How many married men are here? Put your hand up. I want all the women to close their eyes. How many married men sometimes don't know what the heck to pray for? Women, open your eyes. How many married women are here? Look at your husband for a minute. How many of you sometimes don't know what the heck to pray for? Okay? In the same way, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for. We can look at our kids. Sometimes we don't know. I know what my head is telling me. But what's the Spirit of God seeing? You look at your mother-in-law. You look at your father-in-law. You look at your kids, why they're getting ratty, why they're getting rebellious. You don't know what to pray for, but the Holy Ghost does. Remember, he's an intercessor, and he makes a right judgment call. Remember? That's who he is. So watch this. In the same way, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, helps us in our weaknesses. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Holy Spirit himself intercedes. Parakletos. He intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he, God, who searches our hearts, knows the mind of his Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit intercedes with right judgment call for God's people in accordance with the will of God. If that is the unadulterated, truthful word of God, that has got to be reason number one why the devil wants you to believe that tongues is not from God. Because when you pray in tongues, when you pray in the Spirit, the Holy Ghost will join up with your spirit and he will nail the devil's plans. He will expose the devil's lies. He will tear apart strongholds and you will be interceding as it is in heaven. So will it be in your earth around you. The gift of tongues, which is a prophetic utterance. People say, well, the gift of tongues isn't for everyone. The prayer language of tongues, you don't have to have it. It won't make you less of a Christian. But me, I need a lot of help up here. And like Paul, I'm glad I pray in tongues more than you all. And I don't say that as a badge of honor. I say it as an admittance that my perception is skewed. My judgments are not always right. But when I pray in the Holy Ghost, it's dead on accurate every time. Can I get an amen? So watch this. Notice it says, and God who knows the mind of his Holy Spirit. So the Holy Ghost gets into your spirit. You and your Holy Spirit start praying in tongues. You're praying, they utter mysteries by the Holy Ghost. So your, your spirit and the Holy Ghost are having a party in there. They're interacting. They're having fellowship. Paul talks about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The Greek word is konania. They're having breakfast together. They're having lunch together. They're having a conversation over a meal. They are interacting. And then your spirit, led by the Holy Ghost, starts to pray in tongues. And you are speaking out the will of God over your rebellious 16-year-old daughter that you don't know how to handle anymore. Oh, Jesus, we need this. We need this. It's amazing. We're comfortable in a world with Harry Potter and psychics and seances and all this other poo-poo, but then we get freaked out when tongues is talked about in church. You know what? I think the devil wants all the power tools on his side. He wants the church to still operate with those hand driven drills, you know? <laughs> While well, he's got all the power tools. Come on, Tim Allen would have liked that joke. <laughs> yeah, okay, somebody got it. Thank you. All right. So I want you to see a process. 
I want you to see a process. Watch what happens. According to this passage, Matt, give me the process. Process. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray. Sometimes we don't know what to pray. He intercedes through us with unintelligible words and groans. Next part of the process. So when my spirit prays through the Holy Spirit in tongues and groans, God, who understands the mind of the Holy Spirit, hears me praying in agreement with the Holy Spirit who always prays in accordance with the will of God. So that's a process. Now we're going to look at the other side because every coin has two sides. I'm going to show you the other side of the process. In John chapter 16, verse 12, Jesus said, I have much more to say to you more than you can now bear. But when the Spirit of truth comes, that's the Holy Spirit, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what is yet to come. Stop. That sounds prophetic. Oh no, we got... uh, 1,988 pages in our Bible now, we don't need the Holy Ghost. We don't need that part of the Holy Ghost. Really? That's who He is. Jesus said when He comes, He will speak only what He hears from the Father, and He will tell you what is yet to come. He's the Spirit of truth. He brings divine revelation. The devil wants to close this aspect of the Holy Spirit out of your day-to-day existence because it's bad enough you can say in the name of Jesus and you can wave the blood of Jesus around. He doesn't want you full of the Holy Ghost so that you have supernatural insight and discernment and understanding and supernatural power. He's trying to turn the tap off every which way he can. And God is turning on the tap so that you can move in the power of his Holy Spirit and be everything the body of Christ is meant to be. Next verse. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Number one, he will tell you things that are yet to come. He will glorify me. Stop. That means words of knowledge and prophecies, which some want to convince you aren't for today, actually give glory to Jesus. Hmm, let me see. Who would like to take some glory away from Jesus? God, who exalted him to the highest position so that every name that can be named will bow at his feet, or maybe Satan, who has to bow at Jesus' feet. It's very interesting Jesus came with exousia, governmental authority, but he was anointed by the Holy Ghost. And Jesus healed everyone who came to him, anointed. And Jesus of Nazareth, anointed by the Holy Ghost, healed everyone who came to him. Jesus had governmental authority. The government shall be upon his shoulders. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. You sing it at Christmas. But the Holy Spirit anointed him with dunamis. The Word and the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit. And some churches want you to get around with just the Word and no Spirit. The Word and the Spirit. The miraculous things Jesus did, He did because of the Holy Ghost. And He said, I'm going to give you governmental authority, but you also need the dunamis. Don't leave Jerusalem until you get the dunamis. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. So here's the process. 
The Holy Spirit brings prophetic words, words of knowledge, discernment of spirits, words of wisdom. It brings glory to Jesus and the Father. So watch. We're gonna, this is the flip side of the coin now. You all ready for the flip side of the coin? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 to 12. These are the things that God has revealed to us by His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. He just finished saying, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, the mind of man can't conceive what God has prepared for those who love him. He just finished quoting that. And now he says, these things, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. Now watch this. Remember capital S is the Holy Spirit, little s is your spirit. The spirit, who is that? Okay, we're going to try it again. You ready? The question's going to come. One, two, three. Who's that? The The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Next verse. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? Chest. Short for Chester. Chest. Your wife, Lisa, are there some things that go through your head that she's probably not privy to? And they don't have to be bad things. She doesn't know every little facet of who you are. So Paul says, who knows Chester's brain like Chester's spirit? Lisa knows her better than Jamie, but Lisa... You don't know him totally. His spirit knows him. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Let's go back to verse 10. These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit of God searches all things, even the deep things of God. You know what a word of knowledge is? The Holy Spirit searches God's data bank. He searches God's mind. And then He downloads information to my spirit. And it's called a word of knowledge. The Holy Spirit searches the mind of God, gets prophetic things that haven't yet happened, and downloads it to my spirit, and prophecy comes out. Process. Everybody say process. The Holy Spirit gets with your spirit, and you speak in tongues and pray with groans and tongues and other languages, and God searches the Holy Spirit Because the Holy Spirit's been talking with you and God knows what you're praying and you'll always pray in agreement with the Spirit of God, with the Word of God. Now the Holy Spirit searches the mind mind of God. This is the flip side, the other side of the coin. The Holy Spirit searches the mind of God, the deep things of God. He searches God's mind and then He comes and He brings revelation as He's having fellowship with your spirit. Paul says, when I pray in the Spirit, my mind's unfruitful. In verse 14 and 15, he says, so what am I going to do? Sometimes I will pray in the Spirit, and sometimes I will pray with my understanding. Sometimes I will sing in the Spirit. And sometimes I will sing with my understanding. You see, the more I allow tongues to flow through me, the more I am disconnecting from my soul that has always controlled me, and I'm starting to live from my spirit to his spirit. And the more we practice that and allow that to happen, the more the Spirit of God, when He searches the mind of God, can drop nuggets down into your spirit. And because your soul, which is your mind and your emotions and your will, has learned to submit to your spirit and your spirit rules it, now as information comes into your spirit, 
your mind, your soul, which has been trained to submit to your spirit, starts to, your spirit starts to funnel the information up. And all of a sudden, you'll hear a word at a left field. A thought will come at a left field. And you'll think, I wasn't even thinking there. I was worshiping God, ringing in the ear, right ear, right side. Why? My spirit is used to talking to the Holy Spirit. And because I've allowed that channel to stay open, it becomes easier for me to move in the gifts of the Spirit and easier for you. You see, we need businessmen who will hear words of wisdom from the Holy Ghost. We need businesswomen who will hear words of wisdom and get very financial and be generous and pour it into the kingdom so that we can revolutionize the world with the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need parents who will get words of knowledge about their daughters and about their sons. Ah, your kids may not like it. The devil won't like it. But he'll give you a word of knowledge, then he'll give you a word of wisdom, how to handle the word of knowledge so that you can minister to your son out of the heart of God with the spirit of love. What am I saying, church? Understand the process. We're closing. We're coming to an end. Understand the process. The gifts of the spirit are for you. They're not just for today. They're for you. They're for you. Shah, when you were here, Shah, when you were here a couple of weeks ago, come. All week, God's been telling me to do this, and I'm going to do it. You're an intercessor. You feel very safe. Come. You move in the realm of being an intercessor. It's very comfortable to you. You ladies hang out in a group, and there's Jan's twin, Jamel, uh, what's her name again? Mel. 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 Melanie. Jan and Mel. Jamel. Yeah. That is their name. And, uh, <laughs> and you all know that she's the one that moves in the prophetic. But yes. this is what the Lord, and you, I believe you're going to be able to confirm this. God's been telling me that he's getting ready to put a mantle, a mantle of prophecy on you. You're not just an intercessor. You will see things and you will say it and you will speak prophetic. And I feel like the Spirit of God wants you to be comfortable with the fact that you're not just an intercessor. Take on the garment of prophecy. You will see pictures. You will see words. And God will connect the dots and you will have prophetic direction that you will be able to speak to people. Now, I don't know if you move in the prophetic, but I sensed, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It's all right. But I sense that God was saying that he's starting to impress on you and you're starting to get a sense that the prophetic is going to operate more in your life. And I think this is meant to be a confirmation that the prophetic gift is going to flow over you. Does that mean you become a prophet? Those are five ascension gifts, governmental gift. Apostle, it's a governmental gift. Prophet, governmental gift. A, a pastor, teacher, evangelist. Just because you prophesy doesn't make you a prophet. We can all move in the gifts of the Spirit, but governmental gifts take it to a whole nother level. So let me ask you something. Now I'm going to go out on a limb. Does this bear witness with you? Yes, it does, but I do operate in the, the prophetic. Okay. How fluently? Um, I don't know. What do you think, Jen? I think it's fairly fluent. Yeah. I, I think, though, that um, there's two things that I would respond to that with, is that God wants to ratchet it up a bit, mm -hmm. and God wants me to be comfortable here with it, okay? You're more comfortable overseas with it. Well, I... What do you mean by here? Here in this church with you, with this okay. body, because even last week, when, or two weeks ago, when you called me up... And I said you had the word of the Lord. Yes, and... For two weeks, I've been meditating on mm. that word, and I wanted to say to you that there's more understanding I have with that, and right. I want to, you know, bring that to you. But 
It was a couple of things happening that morning. Oh, that's right. You you don't have to excuse yourself. Uh, well, I'm not going to excuse. No, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I like to explain things. Go. I'm a teacher too. All right, good. Okay, and so it was. I was so into the spirit when you called upon me. It, it was, was a like powerful time of worship. I was really out there, mm. and it's not. I you may you don't really know me, but my early years overseas were I trained and built worship teams, mm. and you know, created tracks for people and trained them in moving in the Holy Spirit and stuff. And so when I'm in a church or a place, I have to disengage the, that brain that is, is assessing and saying, oh, I wish they would do this or that. Or, but see, I was so totally able to be free. I was just like with God, yeah. which is not the norm. Right. And so I was in that place Amen. when you called me. And I right. knew God wanted me to speak. And so that's why I came up and spoke. Okay. And Good girl. I will tell you more about it later. But you will tell me more about the prophetic but, word later. Yes. Yeah. And so that, but I couldn't, usually I get a prophetic word. I kind of see, I'm, I see the end to the beginning. Mm -hmm. Kind of like I see the big picture of things. Right. So I didn't have the big picture that morning because you grabbed me out of the spirit. And then later, suddenly. And suddenly, and then it, yeah. I, I, I'm just being real, okay? Mm -hmm. And so after that, um, our good friend, Pastor Rick, said to me, that was a good word, and I'm thinking, thank God he said that because I felt like I had just took my heart and opened it up, and I'm thinking, I don't even know you, you know? I mean, that was just, it was right. an experience for me mm -hmm. that that was different. Right. So that maybe is what you're picking up on. Right. We're having a conversation. We in are front of you. in the middle of church, and that's yeah. okay. That's and fine. So, and so, but I mean, for the last for days after that, I started the Holy Spirit just was working in me, and, it, and even still, mm. I knew I was coming today. I'm well, you you make sure you give me the rest of that prophetic word afterwards, right? That's yeah, what you said well, afterwards. Yeah, I want you to give me your email so that yeah. I, I get it. Yeah, but listen, you're going to move more in the prophetic. You're going to have prophetic words for people. I don't know if you've shied away from personal prophecy or no, not. No, I don't, but okay. it's not my main. I mean, right. I operate in the prophetic, but, you know. It's going like to come a lot more. Okay. It's going to flow a lot more. You receive them. Good girl. It's going to flow a lot more. And your husband, mm -hmm. uh, Roy, mm -hmm. okay, he's not here today? No, he's Okay. Not. I know you're an intercessor. Yes. And, uh. I, f I felt very strongly in my spirit that God is calling him for this season into a deeper and more prolonged period of prayer. I don't know how much of a prayer he is, but it's for direction for the next phase. And I just feel like the Holy Spirit was telling me over the last couple of days that when I see him or you next to let you know, thus says the Lord... He is calling him into a more concentrated period and time of prayer, deep prayer. He sees you as the intercessor and sometimes hides a little bit behind that. But God is calling him not because he's not a prayer and not because he's not an intercessor, but the Lord is calling him into a season of deeper prayer and it will unveil in his spirit clarity for the next step and the next stage. That is so right on. That okay. is exactly what needs to happen. Amen. And, and you know what else? What? <laughs> the enemy's been was trying to get me not to come to church today, not to come here. You know, I was flipping. You know, I mean, I know the voice of God. I've been overseas. I've, Amen. you know, it's like, it's not like I don't know, but it was kind of like you get into this. Should she go? Shouldn't she go? Yes. Tell me I should go. And then the enemy comes in like, but, hmm? And gives so, you reasons why you yeah, shouldn't go. Yeah. Why. Well, you're in your flesh. Amen. You're thinking, that's your mind. And so I just want you to know I came. Praise God. You're here. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad. Amen. 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 Let's stand. Church, men, women, men, women, everyone, look at me. America whether she realizes it or not, she is resting on you. She doesn't know it, 
She doesn't even think it. But the hope of this nation and its future lies entirely on the church rising up in its destiny and becoming everything she's meant to be. I am telling you that things will get worse. But the church of Jesus Christ needs to get better. We must put religion aside and press into the spirit. Some of the things you've been taught, throw them out. Listen to the voice of the spirit. It's in the word. The word of God never contradicts itself. Men, come pray. We need to pray more. Look, women tend to be more intuitive. What's your name? Robert. Robert. Good day, buddy. That's a really good name. <laughs> women tend to be more emotional, more intuitive. The stereotype, okay? But generally, there's a truth to it. They feel things more. We tend to be more logical and analytical. Both of those strengths can also be our weaknesses in a broken soul. And so then we have to filter everything through our logic, and it'll slow us as men from moving in the spirit. And women, you'll just run with everything you feel. It must be censored and developed by the spirit. Church, America needs you, the church, to become a praying church. I'm sorry, this is not a 60-minute service. And it probably won't be. Okay? We need... My flesh wants to go home and eat. My flesh wants to watch the football. My soul... We have enough soulish Christians. We need to start stepping into the Spirit. We're all waiting for some great revival of fall out of heaven. Paul says, who else is going to go up to heaven and bring it down? It's already been brought down. The fullness of the Spirit of God is already here. Oh, well, God will send revival when he wants to. Well, then stop praying for the church and stop praying for America because he wants it to be a deadbeat. No, God, he's not going to send a revival when he wants to. From the day of Pentecost till the day Jesus Christ comes back, the church was meant to live in a state of being filled with the supernatural love, grace, mercy, the fruit of the Spirit, and the gifts of the Spirit. Men, stop hiding behind the women. Come and pray. And women, don't be afraid to pray. The more we pray and get in the Spirit, the more the Spirit of God will move in us. Then He will move through us. He will move around us. And He will go from this Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria. And He'll go to Capitol Hill. Don't blame your politicians. I'm tired of hearing the church bicker about what side is right. You're all wrong. We need to get more into the Holy Ghost and pray and fast. Oh, fast? We don't have, that sounds like works. No, that sounds like gluttony speaking. You don't want to fast? Rebuke that spirit. Come on. Let's fast, pray, get into the presence of God. Let's live from our spirit. We need a revival. This country's in trouble. And don't conclude, yeah, this last president. No, this country's been heading into trouble for a long time. And if you haven't seen the writing on the wall, see it now. We need a move of God. The church of Jesus Christ needs to become spiritual again. 
And that's not about hugging a tree. It's not about going to church. It's about letting the Holy Ghost go beyond your natural mind. Get soaked in prayer. Am I making sense? Are you with me? I'm telling you prophetically, if the church of Jesus Christ doesn't turn, this nation is going to have a disastrous collapse. We must turn first. Then this nation will turn. I believe God said that he's going to visit this church even more than he did last year. We saw a move of God. He prophesied through me that the Spirit of God was going to come into the church. I'm telling you, I already feel a greater anointing coming on my life. Revival is right around us. Come join us for prayer. If you're free, 9 o'clock, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning before church, if my people will humble themselves here, if my people will get off of their flipping high horses and their saddle of self-satisfaction and they will humble themselves and pray, I will visit them. We close. My prayer partner, Shar, joined Jan out the front. Those that I've asked to pray, gone out the front. You need prayer, come on out the front. You don't need prayer. Have an incredible day. I don't apologize for the time. I love you. My popularity is not what's important. I hope you come back next week. If you don't, because I'm long-winded, I'm sorry. But I must speak the truth in Jesus' name. For your sake, your son's sake, your daughter's sake, for America's sake. Let's be the church of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Have an incredible week. I do love you. Amen. Amen.